Thank you for downloading this sponsored podcast presented by PR Week. For more podcasts, visit us online at prweek.com. Hi, everyone. This is Gideon Fiddlesad, Editorial Director Custom at PR Week. I'm so excited to be joining you today for what will be a terrific podcast. And I know it'll be terrific for three very specific reasons. I'm recording this session in Chicago, the Windy City, at the site of PR Decoded. And it is awesome to be out on the road again for PR Week, so I'm just a little bit more excited than I usually am. Two, our topic today is purpose. It's such an important topic to everyone listening out there, and certainly all the folks attending PR Decoded, but we are going to look at it in a unique way. Three, and most important, I have two amazing guests joining me today to share their expertise and passion. They both represent Current Global, Virginia Devlin CEO, Renee Austin, President of North America. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Welcome to the Windy City, my hometown. Um, yeah, I've I've been here a lot before the pandemic. And then obviously <laughs> I just had to stay in my living room in New York. Uh, the pandemic was difficult. Anyway. Good to be back. Yes, it is extremely good to be back, especially to be with the two of you. So really excited to get this conversation started. So let's just get right to it. In a conversation ahead of this podcast, Virginia, you noted that it's not enough for companies to have a purpose. They are now expected to have a plan of action as well. I'd like you to elaborate on that a little bit for me. Well, I think today, you know, society is turning to businesses and brands to rise to the occasion, maybe where some other places are not, to help us address some of the biggest threats to our society and to the world. And so companies have to deliver both financial performance, but also demonstrate how they are making positive contributions to society. And, and that requires action. Demonstration is the key word there, I think. You, ha- you have to show action. You have to show impact. And the right actions, as we know, can drive purchase, advocacy, brand loyalty, and inaction can really hurt the reputation of your brand and put your brand at risk. Mm-hmm. And Boy, that really puts some added responsibilities on the shoulders of communicators now. It's not just about products or services or whatever it might be. And communicators such as you are really leading the charge in businesses and really making them understand how important this is. So that's why this is just a really, really good conversation to be having. Now, Renee, I know you have a lot of passion around helping architect a purpose, but leading with soul. I just love that so much. First of all, it makes me think of a Billy Joel song, which actually isn't even one of his best songs, but it's Billy Joel. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in Chicago. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Billy Joel's a fellow Long Islander. I love him. But back to reality here. Like I said, I like the concept of soul so much. So how would you define the soul of a company and how would you differentiate between soul and purpose? Well, we've been talking about purpose-driven companies and purpose-driven brands for years, right? Including at this conference, right? Mm -hmm. We've done it Mm -hmm. a long time. We all believe in it. I believe in it. And we do a lot of work to help companies figure out what their purpose is. But if you think about how that work is done, and we even heard this on the main stage this morning, you know, it takes months of very data-driven insights to look at what is a very thoughtful and intentional and intellectual exercise typically in how do we talk about our purpose and why to answer that question of why do we exist, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very intentional, but it's also really more of a um, description of why we exist. When you think about soul, it's more instinctual. It's guttural. If you think about just as humans, we can go through our whole lives and not really know what our purpose in life is. But if you ask me what's in my soul and how that makes me respond to every situation, person, action, belief, uh, experience, that feels really innate. And so 
when you start to see a company who can really pull together its soul and understand and live that through its culture and its actions and all the experiences it creates in the world, that's where you really see the difference. One is articulating it. One is actually living it. So I actually think that's a really, really good exercise for everyone out there listening today. Think about what the soul of your organization is. And it might not be the easiest answer to come up with. You may have to take a step back and really think about it. But it definitely makes a lot of sense, especially the way you said it, that while purpose and soul are not exactly the same, you can't have one without the other. Right. So that's a really that's really. And like I said, for all the times I've, I've spoken about purpose, I, never, I honestly don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about soul before. So I thought that was really, really interesting. That's why I like that Great. so much. Well, we've, we've explored something new. Here. Um, <laughs> We're the soul sisters. <laughs> okay. Okay. They, they might or might not break into song at the end of this podcast. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait to see. Renee can sing. I cannot. So it but might not be a on solo a act. Um, okay. Maybe not at this podcast, but something to aspire to on the next one. Anyway. I want to talk to you both now about purpose in action, if you will. Renee, how does purpose manifest itself with your clients? What's the role that current plays in helping it manifest itself that way? So as we look at purpose, we try to look at, you know, what goes in goes into the soul of your company. We believe it's purpose. We believe it's values. We believe it's culture. But what comes out of the purpose and the soul of your company needs to be every experience. So we look at behavior. What employee experiences are you mm. delivering? What Customer experiences are you delivering? What does your brand stand for? But also, how does this affect your reputation? And if you're doing it right and developing and living your soul and your purpose through actions and beliefs and decisions versus words, that's when you really start to see the magic happen in terms of the impact of the purpose of a company. That is very sound advice. Thank you for that. Now, Virginia, I want to focus on your firm in particular. How does purpose manifest itself as Current Global as an organization? Mm -hmm. Well, our purpose at Current Global is to create a better connected world through communications. That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And I think when you think about it as communicators, we really possess a lot of power to impact the world and culture and society through the work that we do on behalf of ourselves and the clients that we represent. And so one way we're delivering on that purpose um, at Current Global externally is the commitment we've made around accessible communications. Mm -hmm. I think we can talk a little bit more about that later, but you know, for us, it was really important to make sure that this um, community of people who uh, may be deaf or blind or uh, neurodiverse are having access to the work that we're putting out into the world, that they can access all the content that we're creating. Um, Internally, I think those better connections come from having a leadership team that's empathetic and honest and transparent um, and focused on the kind of agency that you want to build, and that translates into the clients we work for, the type of counsel we give them, the type of work we create. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for our team, it's really... You know, like most organizations, we've placed a greater emphasis on uh, diversity and BIPOC hiring. That needs to continue. But also when I think about that, it's really about creating an inclusive culture. And when I think of the DEI equation, the I is the most important word to Mm -hmm. me. Because I don't think you achieve diversity or equity or sense of belonging if you don't start with inclusion. Inclusion is the linchpin. And so that's what we've really been focusing on. And 
I think that translates to, um, you know, our efforts in hiring, but also like the type of workplace we want to be. We're creating a community focused workplace. We realized we, we are, we're a remote first workplace, really. Like when you think about it, the pandemic forced us all to be, but as we go into 2023, that's what, that's what we are. Like 30% of our staff doesn't live in a place where we have an office. So you can't really talk about creating culture in the office. You have to create community across the board. So that's been really important to us. And, um, and then I think the other part of that equation is the flexibility too, that goes with it. And we've all appreciated greater flexibility in the workplace, but that helps people be able to have that sense of community to belong, to manage what's going on outside of their workplace, work flexible hours, have flexible time off, all of those sort of things I think is also very important. Um, You talked about so many really, really interesting things in that answer of yours. Um, First of all, obviously, I'm always glad when diversity, equity, inclusion becomes a part of this conversation because it is so integral to any purpose conversation. And it's always interesting. Also, I've been in PR week for a while, obviously, and how the diversity conversation has evolved. I mean, diversity was really the only word people were using a little while back. And now then now you got inclusive, you know, equity and inclusion. And now it's amazing how you ask different leaders and they'll focus on a different word in the DE&I equation. I think it's really interesting. And yeah, we are going to talk about um, you know, your, um, your, your specific focus on people with um, disabilities, because I actually think, um, if I may opine a little bit, I think that really does speak to the soul of Current Global, which is really, really kind of nice, which is, again, why I was so excited to, um, to talk to both of you today. Now, I want to turn back to the client side of this conversation. Something I always find very interesting and educational in conversations about purpose is when I ask leaders such as Virginia and Renee to discuss brands that truly exemplify getting it right. So I give the floor to both of you to discuss a company that is really getting purpose right and hopefully in a manner that could really both inspire and educate our audience who's listening today. So Virginia, I mean, I flipped a coin beforehand and it came out right on its side. I win. It came on its side, actually. (laughs) Amazing, right? But I'll pick Virginia first. So um, Virginia, we'll start with you and then Renee, I'll give you an opportunity. Sure. All right. Well, we are in Chicago, so I'm going to talk about an iconic 100 plus year old Chicago company who happens to be a client of Current Global and that's Radio Flyer. Mm -hmm. And their mission is to bring smiles to kids of all ages and create warm memories that will last a lifetime. And I think that they are relentless in their pursuit of achieving that. I mean, you can't help but smile when you think of Radio Flyer. We all have memories of the little red wagon, (laughs) but they are really delivering that through their employee engagement and and workplace culture. You know, they've been on Fortune's best place to work list 11 times. Um, Through product innovation, we've helped them launch a Tesla ride-on for kids a few years ago that just went bonkers. People fell in love with it. And so the Red Wagon has really transformed over the years. Now it's e-bikes and e-scooters for the whole family. So you have a company that's continuing to focus on innovation. Sustainability efforts are very important to the organization as well. They've just earned their B Corp certification. Mm. They have amazing customer service. And so I would say um, if you aren't connected to Robert Passon, their CEO or chief wagon officer, as he calls himself, (laughs) he is third generation of the family. His grandfather started the company. If you aren't connected to him on LinkedIn, he is a great person to follow because he just, I think, is a terrific example of leading by example 
definitely has a soul mm-hmm. and is um, just an amazing person. And he will say that he has contributed um, his focus on building, you know, this culture and a creative and caring team environment to um, an increase of sales, you know, 10 times greater than it was before he started. That's just that's just a wonderful example, even to the people who aren't based in Chicago. <laughs> um, when, when you and I spoke, I'm a New Yorker. Sorry, everyone in Chicago, but I am. Um, that obviously wouldn't have been the first company I thought about. So um, I thought it was really, really interesting. Well, you can't always answer with Patagonia, right? Even no, well, you, well you, you know what? You, you, I, and you know what, though? I think, I think when, you, when, you, when you talk about a company like Radio Fire, that let's be honest, maybe some people aren't familiar with. I think that's actually even better for, the, for what we're trying to get across today. So I really do appreciate it. Now, we know that Renee is not going to talk about Radio Flyer, but I'm sure she has a couple of examples that are just as good. So, Renee, I give you the floor. Well, this is um, uh, something I like to talk about a lot, but it also dates me a little bit in terms of my opinion on this kind of stuff. So <laughs> I love to hear about Patagonia and Tom's and some of those companies that are really built with purpose from the ground up. And I think we can learn a lot from that. But what's been fun for me throughout my career is to see companies get it, just like you said. And, you know, I started my career in tech communications in the 1990s in Silicon Valley. So it's been a while. And if you mentioned Microsoft back in those days, the perception was, you know, evil empire. Now they're the ethical leader in tech. And you've got, you know, Satya Nadella being the stand-up person talking about responsibility in AI and making sure that we're eliminating bias and all of those things. And I I don't think they were the evil empire, by the way. Let me just be clear. They're a client of ours as well. (laughs) Um, But just the transformation that they've had in terms of driving purpose. I look at a company like Apple and what they've done in the privacy space. Their purpose has always been to create great products, but also to leave the world in a better place than they found it. And I think Tim Cook is really driving that purposeful Mm -hmm. leadership within the organization. And you feel that in the products, but you also just feel it in the soul of that company. So I think those are interesting to look at. In terms of a couple of our clients, the Clorox company has been a client of ours for 14 years, 16 16 years, and helped us start Current Global, actually. So Mm -hmm. some really interesting history there. But they've just re-looked at what their purpose is. And it's all about championing people to be well and thrive, right? So we see that on the corporate level, but we work with, you know, five or six of their brands and Kingsford is one of them. We won the campaign of the year for that work with preserve the pit. That's DEI in action. That's purpose in action, trying to preserve the culture of black barbecue. You've got a, a brand like Brita that has filters that can eliminate metals like mm-hmm. lead in the water. And they're being used as a really wonderful stopgap for cities who are undergoing millions of dollars in infrastructure to get it right but they're living their purpose through their products. So that's always a fun one. And then I think one of my most favorite ones to talk about is also a Chicago-based company, not because they're based in Chicago, but Abbott. So we've worked with Abbott. I've worked with Abbott for about nine years. Current has worked with Abbott for about four years. I feel their purpose. Their purpose is expressed as helping um, people live their full potential through good health. But I feel that every time I walk their halls. I feel it in their people I feel it in the way they make decisions. And what's really interesting right now is to see how their purpose is fueling the innovation in the organization. So if you look at the pandemic, okay, Mm -hmm. they accelerated development to get rapid testing out there. They became, you know, the number one in in, um, COVID testing. You look at what they're doing in areas like pediatric health. So they have big, huge initiatives and they have excuse me, lots of um, health tech innovations and medical devices and nutritional products for young people. 
but they also create custom solutions for one child in a hospital who can't absorb nutrients, and they'll create something custom for that child or a heart device that might only be used on a handful of patients, it's not going to make them money, but it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I see their decisions like that, and it's really powerful. Um, And now you look at their sustainability plan that they launched a couple years ago, and it's all around access and affordability and driving equity in healthcare, which I think we saw again in the pandemic and since that we really need to fix that. So it's always fun for us to work with clients like this that are very purpose driven, but they are showing us how to live their purpose in the daily work that they do and helping us, you know, continue to innovate with them. Um, it's great that you gave, it's, it's great that you answered that question with brands in so many different sectors. Some of them, perhaps people would think, you know, if they're in healthcare or something like that, they should be a purposeful company because that's what their business is about. But obviously a company like Microsoft or Apple, they don't necessarily have to be purposeful to be successful. Well, I'm, no, backtrack. Yes, they do, <laughs> but their money is made based on how good their pro- – listen, a lot of their money is based on how good their products are. They could probably do very, very well even if they weren't purposeful, but they certainly do better because of it. And that's why I really appreciated the example. So, um, And also what you said, both of you, about how really smart companies, they will do things like that even though they know it's not going to make them money because it's smart and it's the right thing to do. And it's funny how when you do the right thing, the money usually will follow it anyway. It's kind of funny how it works that way, isn't it? Well, (laughs) there's a really um, cool statistic that I looked at from, you know, Inc. does that purpose power index every Mm -hmm, year. mm -hmm. And the research this year showed that 140 million U.S. consumers would boycott or choose a brand based on their socio or political stance on issues. That's pretty powerful, right? That's people putting their money where their heart is. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just hear that more and more, and we see that number increase every year. And it's just something that all companies and brands have to think about now. And it probably makes sense because I would imagine a reasonable amount of those 140 million people are probably younger consumers because it really is more important to them. And I think they they are rubbing off on boomers as well. (laughs) But again... It's the younger consumers now who are going to be the majority of the consumers. They already probably are, but certainly in a few years. And that's why this really is a business imperative. I mean, it's, it's very simplistic, but it's always like this has gone from a nice thing to do to a must do. And it really, really has. And that's why, you know, that's why these conversations are so important, even though there are still companies out there who unfortunately probably feel, you know what? We're just trying to survive. We can't think about stuff like diversity, equity, inclusion or purpose and things like that. I have a feeling companies like that aren't going to survive very long. So um, that's... I I would argue they can't not think about those kinds of things. And I think, you know, we advise clients a lot of times on what are the things that we should speak up and stand out about, right? And Mm -hmm. there's kind of three categories that we look as we're doing issues assessments. And the first one is, what are the types of issues where you can lead Mm -hmm. because it aligns with your purpose and your values and your company, Right. What are areas that you at least need to be ready to respond to? And what are the areas that you're going to completely shy away from? And that's where that soul and purpose comes in as a decision filter to understand that. But when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, there is no being silent anymore. There is no opportunity to stay in the background. We have to be more forthcoming about the opportunities we're creating for people and how what the role of companies and brands are in that process. Um, so I'm sure everyone out there at this point finally really realizes why Virginia and Renee were such great people to talk about this topic. And got one more, I've got one more topic to bring up with you, and it's something I really know you're passionate about, and I'm really looking forward to talking about this. 
Um, we've already showed that you really can't talk about purpose without diversity, equity, and inclusion because it is such a crucial aspect of this overall discussion. And I know that Current Global has some very keen thoughts about this topic, particularly, as Virginia mentioned before, the inclusivity aspect. So, Virginia and Renee, I know our audience would love to hear your perspectives on this, including a very, very special program that you guys work on. Thank you, Gideon. Um, appreciate your support for our um, accessible by design effort yeah. and really... I think what's so striking here is uh, the World Economic Forum has a data point that says 90% of companies today claim to prioritize diversity, yet only 4% of those businesses are focused on making offerings inclusive of people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. So closing the disability inclusion gap is not just the right thing to do. It also makes business sense. We're talking about a population of over a billion people that's 15% of our global population. It's the one population group any of us could join at any time in our lives. Mm. And they hold $13 trillion of purchasing power. So why are we excluding this valuable audience by default or by design in the work that we're doing? And so that's what Accessible by Design is all about. It's our agency commitment, but also what we're hoping will become an industry movement to make sure that our work is accessible to people with sight, hearing, speech, cognitive disabilities. We put so much content out there every day. When you think about you know, your social posts, you're creating a video, you're issuing even a press release, a PDF, very inaccessible. Like Think of all the stuff you put out there into the world. And if we're not making it inclusive of people of all abilities, then we're really missing out on a, on a tremendous group of individuals. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done research, we've created guidelines with the PR Council and the PRCA, which we we did our second edition this year because technology and best practices will continue to change. Um, We also just invested this year um, in creating a two and a half hour immersive training for clients and any comms professionals who just want to up level their skills and those of their teams to understand how you go about doing this. Um, And a lot of people feel like this is daunting. So I always uh, preach also just um, practice over perfection. Like every day at Current Global, we get a little better at this. You know, Mm -hmm. we have a team internally of accessibility champions who are making sure we're walking the walk. And they teach us and we just learn by doing every day just little things you can do to make such a huge difference. And so um, I hope that, you know, we see more people in our industry join this movement and, and start to make the commitment to do it. You know, first of all, first of all, that is just such an impressive program and kudos to you and Renee for doing that. I think it's really, really important work that you're doing. Um, what I also love is that, and you're seeing this more with a lot of agencies, um, agencies are doing programs or leading on programs and they're welcoming other agencies to join them and learn from them. The, Obviously, the competitiveness is still there. This is a business, but there's a lot of things that agencies are doing where they're kind of take, tearing down those walls and, and, and realizing, you know what, in order for real change to happen, all the agencies have to work together and then everyone will benefit. And I think this is really, really great that you're leading on that. And obviously, Renee, I want to give you an opportunity to speak about this as well. I think one of the things that you just said that's interesting to me is agencies are working together, but I think we're also looking we're also realizing that we have to look at outside experts as well. I think we figured out early on, I mean, when I was heading up corporate at the time and I said to Virginia, I can't 
lead DEI alone. We have to have somebody who really understands the issues and lives it and breathes it every day as well. And, you know, the addition of our DEI lead was game changing in our own world in terms of our agency, but also the type of work that we do with clients. And I think, you know, as we look at some of the work that we're doing with FedEx and with Abbott in the areas of DEI, so diversity in clinical trials with Abbott or bringing HBCUs in um, to FedEx to look at talent acquisition and recruitment and that kind of thing. There's partners out there like HBCUs or other organizations that we learn so much from and our work gets better and better if we partner with each other, but partner also with the right advisors in the different fields or the different spaces that we're looking at in terms of DEI. And I think that's what's made the work even more rich. You know, um, the better the better the conversation the more I regret that it couldn't go longer. This is one of those conversations. So unfortunately, our time is up. But, you know, I really want to sincerely thank both Virginia and Renee for, first of all, just all the work that they do, but obviously also joining us today. I mean, this is really, really an important topic. And obviously, it fits with the theme of PR Decoded, which is where we are right now. But clearly, this is a topic that is important 365 days a year, 366 fifth the leap year. Um, I also want to thank all of you out there for listening today. Um, I'm sure you got a lot out of this, um, perhaps perhaps even more than you'd anticipated, because, again, some of the stuff you were talking about is really, really both educational and inspirational. I really do appreciate that. Now, until next time, this is Gideon Fiddleside. Wishing you all a great rest of your day. Thanks. Thanks.